You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Three Mall. Welcome to another Three Mall Pod bonus edition. I'm Cole Manbeck, your host, joined by, as always, Curry Sexton, former K-State Wild Cat receiver and partner at Wildcat NIL. And uh, we're going to talk plenty of K-State football once again on the show today. And good news is we've actually got a win to talk about. It wasn't as much fun recapping the uh, the Missouri game on last week's show, but Kansas State beat Central Florida 44-31 to at home to get off to a 1-0 start and league play for the defending Big 12 champs. And as I mentioned, we're going to talk Plenty of football with Curry, but uh, the last couple weeks we've talked football first, and uh, this week we want to give a couple uh, NIL updates out there. As I mentioned, as you guys know, Curry is also with Wildcat NIL, and uh, there's a lot of great, great things going on over there right now. A lot of really creative ideas and thinking uh, with some of the cool things going on. And, you know, I think first, Curry, you guys actually just announced this this week. Uh, partnership with Western National Bank, and we we talked about it a little bit on the last show, and uh, there was something you mentioned as an initiative that was going to be going live in the near future, but new Wildcat NIL checking account partnership with the K-State-owned Western National Bank, and every time a customer uses their Wildcat NIL debit card, 10 cents goes back to Wildcat NIL to support K-State student-athletes, so the more you swipe, the more money Western National Bank donates to Wildcat NIL partnership goes live October 1st. Curry, maybe, you know, you can highlight how this idea kind of came about and how folks can find out for more information to register to, to set up an account with Western National Bank. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, uh, like you mentioned, Western National Bank is owned by a great K-State family. Um, and so they've been trying, they've been trying to figure out how they wanted to get involved in the NIL space and, and, you know, small, I mean, not by, you know, I, I guess national standards, maybe a smaller bank, more of a, a regional bank. Um, and so trying to figure out with maybe, you know, an, an aging customer base, how do we diversify our offerings to try to grow our customer base? And so they thought, well, why don't we start offering, you know, school specific cards? And they've, they've done it on a much smaller scale with some high schools up in the Nebraska area that have had a lot of success. And so then they thought, well, why don't we take it to um, to K State and do it for the you know the benefit of it, of NIL? Um, and so they brought the idea to us sometime probably in the spring or early part of the summer. And we've had you know all kinds of conversations trying to get us to this point. It's a pretty uh, extensive process, as you might guess, with banking regulations and and, and licensing and everything else. Um, but we're almost here and we're excited about it. And so the idea is you, you go to wildcatnilchecking.com um, and you get signed up and you get a pick from one of three really cool cards. They are not officially licensed, but I think you can take a look at the card and see very quickly that they're K-State cards. Um, and then the beauty is every time you use that card, 10 cents are going to be given back to Wildcat NIL. And that is that 10 cents is essentially all of the profit that the bank would have otherwise received um, you know, on those transactions. And so, you know, it's not just in the literal sense, every single swipe, but it's also every time you do a Venmo transaction, um, every time you use Apple pay or Google pay, things of that nature, 
Um, and so if you just simply sign up, you know, give one of these cards and link it to some of your various accounts, then you're going to start helping our athletes indirectly. And it adds up. I mean, every time you just mentioned all the various transactions that would be available that would contribute that 10 cents, it, it will add up over time for sure. It's a great idea. I saw the cards, Curry. You tweeted them. You shared them with me privately in text messages before you guys tweeted it out today as well. And they are good looking cards. I mean, the we got dudes moniker on one of the cards. It's a great day to be a wildcat on another one. And, and it certainly is today as Jerome Tang. Got a new contract extension, so pretty good timing on uh, on those. And then I think the other card has uh, the family and big font on it as well, and they're purple, K-State purple, and you can clearly tell those are, are K-State debit cards, and they, they look good. So, yeah, encourage everybody to get over there to check those out. And then also, Curry, on the last show, uh, we talked about a really cool event. I love this idea. Uh, for the Players' Cats Classic. It's a golf tournament to be held at Colbert Hills in Manhattan on Thursday, October 19th. Shotgun start at 9 a.m. That's the Thursday before what could be a big home game against TCU in Manhattan. So we talked about it before. You get a jump start on the weekend, maybe have a couple beverages, Ben Holiday bottle and bond bourbon, 360 vodka. There's going to be drinks available there. You know, whatever it is that fits your style, maybe you, uh, you grab a drink and enjoy some golf. Teams of four. Uh, in this tournament, there's going to be a lot of awesome things. Opportunity to win a vehicle if you hit a hole-in-one. Golf, food, drinks, custom prizes. Uh, there'll be a silent auction, other whole contests, obviously, and exclusive experiences with high-end gifts. And I don't know, Curry, maybe more importantly for everybody, Jerome Tang and the basketball team is going to be there. Uh, so what what else could you tell us about uh, this event that we, we talked about last time on the show? Yeah, it's going to be a really fun one. Um, we've... we've uh... Our title sponsor for the event is Long MacArthur Ford and out of Salina. And uh, Ashley MacArthur from Long MacArthur has basically taken this entire idea and grabbed it by the horns and is making, is is putting together what should be a really, really incredible day. You know, obviously weather permitting, um, but we're all the things you just mentioned, um, you know, we're going to have, you know, we're going to have, we're going to serve breakfast. We're going to serve lunch on the course. We're going to serve heavy hors d'oeuvres and cocktails after the fact and, and during and before the auction that's going to take place. Um, the players and the coaches are going to be out there mingling, making that really fun. I think we're going to loop in the golf team and ha have them participate in some respect. Um, we're going to have purple jackets for the winning team. So the winning team, will, instead of sporting a green jacket, you're get, we're going to pass out gold or Purple jackets, excuse me. I almost referenced Happy Gilmore there for a second. Um, we're going to have a DJ on the course on whole one, and the idea there is we're going to let teams choose sort of a walk-up song, and whenever they whenever they go to the first hole, we'll play them. We'll play their walk-up song. We're going to have the band there. We're going to have Willie there. We're going to have cheerleaders there. Uh, we're going to give away some really cool quarter zips. We're going to give away some some K State whiskey glasses and some cigars, and it's just going to be a really really incredible event. Um, it, you know, sort of a one of a kind as it relates to getting to interact with Coach Tang and his staff and the players. And then the bit, you know, the real beauty of it is all of this is, is you know, although it's going to be a blast, is going to be for a good cause. I mean, we're going to be supporting uh, K-State men's basketball and it's NIL. Well, you just sold me just listening to everything you outlined, Curry. It uh, makes me want to jump the gun. And I, I have a lot of friends that really love golf that uh, I think may be interested in this event as well, that listen to the show and uh, they go to the Masters 
uh, every now and then. I think this would be something that would be right up their alley. Uh, I, I'm not great at golf, but I would love to just be there and hang out and have it. Sounds like quite the party. Uh, and you don't have to be great at golf to uh, just go have fun and contribute this event because what really matters is you have a good time and you're supporting K-State basketball, which obviously coming off the Elite Eight finish and uh, recruiting at a very high level as well. And it's, it's certainly a great time to be a fan of Kansas State Athletics and all the major sports. Uh, Curry, we've also talked about before the, uh, I should say before I jump the gun there, to find out more about the the tournament, go to catsnil.com and there's a lot of great information there to register to sign up. Uh, you can certainly do that at catsnil.com. And one more thing on the NIL front before we toss the break and talk K-State football, Curry, and what the recap the UCF game, uh, we've talked about um, a couple different times the membership program that you guys launched uh, you know, with the various different tiers. Uh, what's What's been kind of the response to that over that first, I think, month or so now since it's launched, and how do people find out more about that? Yeah, of course. Uh, so yeah, membership membership launch has been really positive so far, um, and, and we've and, and honestly we haven't we haven't been pushing it too hard yet. Um, we're just now getting to the point where we're starting to get players involved and in helping us to promote it. Um, you know, getting them involved and maybe throwing them a little cash to send us a tweet, understanding that hopefully it will result in more money coming into their pockets. And so yeah, the idea here is just. Um, you know, we want to engage as much of the fan base as possible, and, and we understand that not everybody can write a large check. And so, we've created levels that that make it so that you can get involved at as low as ten bucks a month, and are up to ninety bucks a month. I think right now we're we're averaging with with you know people getting involved at different levels. Our average membership is like thirty two bucks right now. Um, so if you think that you know if you just do easy math, if we can get to a thousand members and and maintain that average, that thirty two dollar average. You know, you're thinking about thirty-two thousand dollars a month, um, and, and you know, over the course of a year, you're talking, you know, somewhere in the range of, of you know, three hundred fifty to four hundred thousand um, dollars that, that would that this would generate, which is a substantial number. And and so, um, you know, we tell people all the time, and this is something you you probably hear if you've been around fundraising. In fundraising, they talk, you know, about you know, not ten percent of the people do ninety percent of the work, and otherwise, big you know, big gifts are really really important. But we're we also think that that other you know the other ten percent those smaller donations are just are are incredibly important as well and we can't you know we can't neglect them um, because every dollar in this in the nil space really does matter and so really just trying to tap into the general fan base get them involved get them excited about what we're doing and find ways other ways to drive revenue to you know ultimately to our student athletes. And there's a couple of various perks for the fans that do that. Obviously, one perk is it helps K-State football, basketball, K-State athletes all across the sport. So when you go to a game, you know, it's a better product. The more that you contribute to NIL, it helps K-State retain players. It helps the coaching staff out in retaining players, um, makes them an attractive spot for players that want to go because they know they'll take care of their guys and there's an opportunity to really market themselves here and earn money. And then also you get, a, you know, some behind the scenes perks and access in addition when you subscribe to the the various tiers uh, of what you choose to give. There's multiple options out there. Encourage everybody to go to catsnil.com to check it out. And there's also business opportunities, right, Curry? So if you're a small business, a big business, to you, they can contact you as well and do some sort of tiering program as part of that. Am I correct? That's right. Yep. So we have business sponsorship opportunities as well um, where, you know, if a business you know, wants to be a wildcat and I all supporter, but really it doesn't, 
you know, doesn't want to engage with it with an athlete, well, they can, you know, engage with us and we can provide them with some marketing and advertising opportunities. And then obviously there's always an opportunity for everybody out there, business individual, um, to, you know, to engage with K-State student athletes through us for meet and greets, autograph signings, um, camps, private lessons, Zoom calls, whatever it may be. Um, we, we can, we can be, you know, be as creative as any, as, as anybody out there might want us to be. And I mean, we're doing it firsthand uh, on Three Mall, right? I mean, we're partnering with Riverbank Brewing and Wildcat NIL over here at Three Mall to bring you guys a, a weekly player spotlight interview that just shows you another creative way, uh, whether it be through content generation or anything like that, that you can help support KSA student athletes. And the, the partnership with Riverbank Brewing has been great. We've done four shows. All the players have been phenomenal to bring on and get to know. Cooper Beebe was our guest last week. And, uh, Rumor is we might have a uh, we might have the Big Twelve Player of the Week um, and maybe one of the you know maybe the best performer in all of college football this week on this week's show. We'll see uh, see if we nail that down. So yeah, uh, exciting times, and uh, we're going to talk about that uh, Big Twelve Player of the Week as we come back from break. Uh, but first, we got to tell you about our friends at Homefield Apparel. As always, uh, stock up, get your Homefield Apparel gear. They've got over a hundred colleges out there, but They've done more drops for K State than most of the schools. Uh, I, you know, they they've done three or four K State drops now. They've got forty different K State items on their website: retro logos, sleek gear, super comfortable, super easy fit, really relaxed fit. Uh, you know, I've I've shrunk a lot of different items of K State in my my washer dryer before when I do my laundry, but not with the home field gear. It really holds up and withstands that. And uh, man, I I see a ton of home field gear. Uh, around K-State games, and I've seen Jerome Tang rocking a ton of home field uh, as well. So get on out to homefieldapparel.com, score 15% off with the code 3MAW23 on your first order, and get geared up for K-State football the rest of the season and K-State basketball with home field. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. All right, Curry, K-State wins 44-31 to 31 over UCF. And I think we got to start off with just the performance that DJ Giddens put on the field on Saturday. There was there really wasn't an alternative at the running back position with Treshawn Ward out. You wondered how things would go with that. K-State had struggled to run the ball the previous two weeks. They were under four yards per carry in each of those two games. Previous two games combined, they had 73 touches uh, or 73 rushes for 285 yards. And in this game, K-State rushes for 281 yards on 40 attempts. And DJ Giddens goes over 200 yards, has 86 yards receiving. His 293 yards all-purpose, I believe, are the third highest total in school history by a skill guy. Only behind Darren Sproles, two different performances, the Big 12 championship when he had 323 yards and then 298 against Louisiana Lafayette back in the day. Curry, what what did you make of the performance by DJ Giddens and what impressed you maybe most about what he did? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the most impressive thing to me was how methodical it was. I mean, you know, he, he, he didn't have an 80-yard run. He didn't have a 75-yard run or catch in there. Um, I think his longest run was like 36 yards or something, you know, something in that in, in that um, realm. And, and so I think just the, the fact that it was just chunk play after chunk play after chunk play uh, was the most impressive to me. I think 38 total touches in the game and about four, you know, 40 plus, you know, including targets. 
Um, and he just, he, he seemed as strong at the end as he did at the start and almost at times seemed like he was getting stronger as the game went on and, and just incredibly impressive. I mean, his, his, you know, his vision, I think is something that, that we got to see maybe more so on Saturday than we've seen over the course of the last, you know, year and a half. Um, and his ability to make, you know, to make guys miss is not something that we're, you know, that we've associated DJ Giddens with so far in his career. And yes, he still is a downhill runner, but his ability to make guys miss was on display Saturday. And that was really impressive to me. And then I think, you know, another thing is his ability to catch the football. Um, and we saw it last year, um, you know, from time to time. Haven't seen it so much this year. I know he had, you know, he's had a drop or two in the, in the first, he had a drop or two in the first three games. But, you know, eight catches, leading receiver in both catches and yards on Saturday. Made some really tough catches, some catches in traffic. I mean, the, you know, I, I recall the one catch where, um, you know, he's running across the middle and Will throws it behind him and he contorts his body and makes the catch while he gets hit. And that is not something that a lot you see a lot of running backs do because they just don't get that much practice at it. And so I think those three things, just the methodical nature of his of his performance, his ability to make guys miss, and then his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield were just incredibly impressive. We said last year on the show, one of the things that maybe K-State fans didn't really associate DJ Giddens with was his pass-catching ability. But I was at the game at TCU. He made a really ni- a couple of really nice grabs coming out of the backfield of that game. We talked to some some people behind the scenes who said they really liked that aspect of his game and thought there's some some real potential there. And we're starting to see it. I mean, you don't think of like the big bruising backs as typically the the pass catchers necessarily out of the backfield. But DJ, I mean, our, the Missouri game, Will threw him a screen pass that was at his shoe tops. And he he caught it with his fingertips, snagged it, and got 10, 11 yards out of it. Uh, Kareem, were you, you mentioned it, his ability to make guys miss. Did, did it surprise you seeing some of like the jump cuts that DJ made because he made a couple of those right in front of me where he just juke guys and made them look silly. And I, I did not think he had that necessarily in his repertoire. Yeah. Um, completely agree. And I mean, the coaches have been sit- telling me all along that this is an NFL back and, and he saw glimpses, glimpses of that, but, but up until Saturday, you know, he was splitting carries, whether it was with deuce and he was, you know, taking a substantial back seat or, you know, Trey Sean in the first couple of games this year, um, so no, I, I, I didn't know that he had, you know, th- that, that cut, that cut one cut ability that he showed on Saturday. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, his ability to catch the, you know, catch the ball out of the backfield is, is something again that we've seen, but, um, you know, a bigger guy, a downhill back, it's, you know, a lot of those guys typically aren't your pass catching, uh, backs. And so for him to have that versatility is just remarkable. And, and I think, you know, it plays well in today's both college, you know, football and in the in the pros. You got to be a guy who can stay on the field all three downs. And DJ showed us on Saturday that he is absolutely a three down back. Um, really showed me, you know, a lot of Daniel Thomas type glimpses. Uh, not not the break doesn't have that that real breakaway top end speed. Um, but man, his ability to, you know, to get chunk yardage, to make guys miss, to make big plays and to catch the ball out of the backfield. It, it just, in it, that with his size, all of those things just really reminded me uh, of, of DT from about, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I think it's a great comp Curry. I mean, that, that, that is a really good comp. It covered the team when Daniel Thomas was here and, and his game does remind me. There's some certainly some similarities there, and we all know Daniel Thomas went on to the NFL. I believe he was a second round pick and was a terrific running back at K State. What 
I'm curious, what what do you think K-State should do at the running back position now as they likely get Treshawn Ward back hopefully after the bye week? Do you do you give DJ Giddens the larger load? Do you think that played a part in him having such a great game was just knowing he was going to consistently be on the field and maybe get in a rhythm and, you know, it's just for the offensive line too, and we'll talk about them in a minute, but just having that same guy in the backfield, you know, reading the blocks and blocking for him, I mean, I'm curious what you think K-State does at the running back position or what you think they should do moving forward. Yeah, I mean, it's it's similar to so many other conversations we've had. I certainly don't envy the coaches and the decision they have to make about getting two really talented guys, you know, adequate touches. Um, but running back is, un- is not unlike other positions, whether it be receiver or quarterback, you know, think about other sports, basketball, you know, getting – getting into a rhythm takes time and, and you know you hear about these these teams that have three or four running backs and they say the guy with the hot hand is going to get the heavy load each game and and I think in a lot of ways that does you know that does you know guys like EJ a disservice because getting out there knowing that you're going to have you know multiple opportunities to you know to to make big plays allows you to get into a rhythm and once he got into that rhythm he was just I, I mean he was he was on a different level um, and so I, I do think, I mean, Sean is a really, really talented back. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he was, he did some really good things last week at Missouri, more of a, um, you know, shifty type guy, uh, you know, kind of, you know, maybe, maybe could play a little bit more in the slot, even if you needed him to, but I think the coaches are going to have to find a way to get him on the field at the same time and, and get him, you know, get him as many touches as possible because those are un- unquestionably two of the best four or five skill players that we have on the offensive side of the ball. And so I think you're going to see him in more two-back sets. Um, I think you're going to see the coaches split him out a little bit more. I think Treshawn can split out in the slot like we saw Deuce do in years past um, and, you know, maybe catch a quick, you know, a quick slant route or maybe catch a bubble route and get him in space. And I think DJ's the kind of guy, um, you know, with with his size and, and, and some, of his, some of his explosiveness and ability to catch the ball, I think you can split him out wide and put him on a linebacker and, and let him run a few, you know, few select routes and try to get him the ball that way. But the coaches do have to find ways to get both those guys the ball because those are, those are two guys who can help us win games. It's a good problem to have, certainly, as you mentioned. And, I mean, you think you look at DJ Giddens, he gets 30 carries in this game. The week before, he had nine against Missouri. He had 12 the week prior to that. I mean, he had 210 yards going into that game, and then he has 207 uh, I think I'm off a little bit on my numbers there, but it it was very close at what he did to what he had done in his first three games that he did in the UCF game. And so he was terrific and be remiss if we didn't talk about the Kansas State offensive line, Curry, because everybody has been critical of the offensive line. We we have uh, every show you'd listen to everyone in the media. All the fans have been critical about the first three weeks and maybe a little bit of a slow start. For those guys up front, they get Christian Duffy back on Saturday. He plays pro football focus at him at 49 snaps. I don't know if that's the exact number. We need to double check that or not. But it seemed like he was on the field more than the 30 snaps that Chris Kleiman had mentioned. So I think that 49 might be accurate. Uh, Carver Willis obviously still drew the start at right tackle. I think Duffy came in on the third series of the game. And that Kansas State offensive line certainly helped pave the way for DJ Giddens as well. They were opening up big lanes for him in the running game overall. K-State averages seven yards per carry, 281 yards, seven yards per carry, the fourth highest of the Chris Kleiman era at Kansas State. What did you see from that K-State offensive line and what they were doing? 
Yeah, I just think, you know, getting on and sustaining blocks more than we've seen him so far this year. And I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, I, I can't, can't, you obviously can't give one guy all the credit, but I do think we've talked about the continuity and how important that is. And you saw Cooper, Cooper BB get back to his, you know, kind of his, his typical position in that left guard spot, which then got everybody kind of back to their normal spots. He rotated Hadley and Taylor Portier, the right guard spot. And then for the most part, you had, you know, your, your guy out there, at right tackle and, and and I I was I was really pleasantly surprised with Duff. I mean I think he you know coming off of a you know off of a off of a leg injury and missing so much critical time preseason the first few games to come in against a pretty fast team and against a pretty good defensive line and play the way that he did was really really impressive to me. Um, and so I I just think having him back just brings that mu- that much needed continuity to of the offensive side. And uh, in in the offensive line, just played extremely well, and you almost thought that at some point they were going to have to, you know, they were going to have to pop, and that's exactly what they did. I mean, rewatching the game, there were so many instances where DJ's, you know, he's getting past the sticks before he's even getting touched, and some of that had to be had to do with DJ's vision, but in a lot of ways, it had to do with the offensive line just, you know, creating holes and creating opportunities for him, creating cutback lanes for him, as we saw him do so many times. As, you know, get get you know the right edge would cave down. You know, cave down the defensive end, and DJ would cut back for a big gain. And so, just really, really impressed with those guys. Um, seemed like they did a good job in the path in pass pro as well. For the most part, you know, they created a nice clean pocket a lot of times, which allowed Will to really step up and make clean throws. And uh, yeah, just just a really, really impressive game for those guys. I, I think you hit it. I mean, they they. DJ didn't get touched several times on some of those stretch runs to the outside where he popped 15, 20 yard runs. I mean, he they they were getting him well downfield before any contact was made. There was the there was a play that somebody had tweeted today that was inside it was actually toward the end zone where I was sitting in, in case it was around the 10 yard line. DJ got a touchdown on it. And it was just beautifully schemed up and blocked perfectly. You know, Hayden Gillum got out and uh, sealed off the linebacker. Everybody did their jobs and you just have to hope that going forward now with, with Cooper Beebe being able to stay at left guard, hopefully Christian Duffy back and getting some more continuity. Yeah, I, I'm optimistic that this offensive line is going to start to become what we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. And you hit it, Curry. I mean, they also only give up one sack on 42 pass attempts, which is a pretty good number. And I was surprised at how mobile Will looked on Saturday, especially with what we had all heard going into the game, leading up to Saturday's game. Were were you impressed with how well he was able to move out there? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a lot of his, his success on the ground was because of, you know, a, the offensive line and and B DJ. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think back to the first drive of the game where we have second and goal from the, I don't, it it was the, what the 10 yard line or eight or nine yard line. And they run, you know, they run power, they run power read with Will and he, and he almost, he almost takes it in for the touchdown. And obviously he popped off that 30 something yarder later in the game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just, just looked really, really good. And, and, um, you know, not in a lot of times when he was running the football was not hardly getting touched. I don't know if he just is, has incredible bounce back ability or if modern medicine was, uh, was really, really helpful on Saturday night, but he looked, he looked completely fresh looks maybe a little bit quicker even than he had in the early part of the season um but again I just think DJ having the success that he had in the offensive line you know being so impactful made it so that when Will did pull the you know when he did pull the ball on on those read type plays 
that was the last thing the defense was expecting. Yeah, we kept saying where we were sitting, we were like, you know, if Will just pulls it, that DN is crashing so hard because of the way DJ is performing out there that they're cheating down and it would be there. And and they popped a couple big ones with Will as a result of that. And, um, you know, the, I guess maybe one more on the offense, Curry, because we haven't talked a lot about this guy, but he played on Saturday and could be another weapon. Garrett Oakley, redshirt freshman tight end, for Nebraska, we heard a lot of buzz about Garrett Oakley. He got banged up in fall camp, hadn't been dressed for the first three games, returned to practice last week. And I think it speaks volumes that he returned to practice last week and on the very first play of the game, he's on the field on Saturday along with Ben Sennett. Uh, and I, I saw him open. He was popping open several times and moving moving pretty well while probably still not 100%. Hopefully he gets there after the bye week. But what do you see from him just from watching him? I know he didn't catch a pass. He had the one ball where Will overshot him. Oakley would probably tell you he could have caught the ball too. It hit his hands. But he looks like he could be another big weapon in the passing game to pair with a Ben Senate at the tight end position. Absolutely. I mean, I think his his size and speed were evident to me early in the game Saturday, and it did appear like he was maybe still nipping a little bit. I, I think he's been dealing with some, some shin splints or something of that of that nature and, and obviously you know that that can take some time to to you know to to be alleviated but yeah i mean the fact that he was out there you know from snap one in in his first in his first game action at k-state and then he was targeted and then he was you know that he was that he was running some you know primary routes says a lot to me and, and really you know validates a lot of what we've heard all off season um and i think he just brings a, a little bit of a different weapon i think he's you know he's a little bit bigger than ben and um, you know, probably can run as good as Ben. And so that just, that gives, that gives the offense, a, you know, an added component. Um, I think Will Swanson is a good player, but Will Will's a little bit of an undersized tight end. And I think more of a, you know, more renowned for his blocking skills than his pass catching skills. Although we did see him get it, you know, log a catch on Saturday. I just, you know, you, you, you throw two, you know, through two versatile tight ends at a, at a defense and, and all of a sudden that's going to give them headaches. Um, you know, I think, it gives you the ability to use Ben both in both in a fullback or H back type position, but also in the slot, um, and really create matchup problems for, for you know for for defenses. And so, really excited about what we can do using. I mean, we talked about Trayshawn and DJ and having two really talented, you know, running backs, but having two really talented tight ends, two really prominent pass catching tight ends. With it, you know, we haven't probably had before. I think is just going to give Colin Klein so many so many opportunities to just create nightmares for defenses. Definitely, no, I completely agree. Literally looking forward to seeing what Garrett Oakley can do with the rest of the season as he knocks a little bit of the rust off and gets a lot of these guys back healthy after the bye week and uh, go ahead to Big Twelve play in Oklahoma State. So we're going to talk about that K State defense and and how they performed against UCF, but we're going to throw to one more break here and then we'll uh, we'll talk some K State D. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Curry, there were obviously some frustrating moments in the game for the defense. They gave up a lot, probably way too many third and long type situations. Obviously, the most infuriating one was probably the third and 21 where they, they really even had the, the right defensive call to defend that, a draw play. Case it only rushes three, has everybody back, and they just took poor angles, didn't wrap up, didn't make tackles. And, and credit to UCF. I mean, their guys are quick, they're shifty, they're hard to bring down. But at the end of the day, if you would have told me going into the last drive of the game, which was garbage time, and Gus Malzahn had to pull an Eli Drinkowitz and call a timeout just to get an extra touchdown on the board, if you had told us essentially K-State would hold that UCF offense to 24 points in the entirety of the game, I think we all would have taken that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, I mean, you know, give up 17 in the first half and then come back in the second half. And, and I mean, you know, sure, I guess give up 14, but in reality, seven meaningful points. And so, and, and we've seen that almost game in and game out so far this year is that our defense does a great job of making adjustments and, and you know, really shoving offenses down in the second half. And, and the story is the same as it was last week um, in that our defense played really, really well, save for a big, you know, a couple big plays. I mean, you think about Johnny Richardson's big 50-yard run on, on UCF's first drive of the game. Take that away, and I think UCF averaged like three yards a carry and had under, would have had under 100 yards rushing. Um, you know, they, they – you know, make a couple big pass plays with with guys in position and just not able to, you know, to, to defend the pass. You talk about the big draw play. But, you know, we are, you know, we are a couple mistakes. We're a couple missed assignments away each game from putting up crazy numbers as a defense. And so I remain really, really optimistic about what we're doing on the defensive side side of the ball and our personnel on the defensive side of the ball. I think we're deep. I think we're athletic. And I think we're, you know, I think that's just a good unit. And so I was, you know, obviously there were some plays that you wish you had back. I mean, the 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 third down in the in the first quarter where we where we where we bring 
you know, six guys in third and long and they get us on a screen pass and score. I mean, that frustrates, that frustrates the heck out of you. Um, but again, my, you know, save for a couple MAs or maybe just, you know, unfortunate calls. We, that, that, that was a pretty good defensive performance. We knew the linebackers would be tested against this Gus Malzahn offense with all of the motion and how much they test your eyes and the trick plays that they ran. We knew they were going to run a couple trick plays, and they did. K-State defended one of them, and the other one was obviously wide open. Nobody was within the area code of it and led to a 69-yard touchdown pass for Kobe Hudson. But K-State got Jake Clifton back, which I think was a surprise to us. I think we were expecting him to be back after the bye week. You know, he had an injury in the SEMO game in the season opener, and by all accounts, uh, at the time of that injury, that they kind of projected optimistically the Oklahoma State game would be his first game back. Well, he gets back, and, you know, yeah, he, he missed a couple tackles, but it's his first game back, and he's still a really young player, a true sophomore with a lot of talent. But I thought he was moving pretty well out there. Austin Romaine started at, at that middle linebacker as a true freshman in this game, and, and they kind of hit him with a missed run fit on that second play of the game where Richardson busts the 56-yard run that you mentioned, Curry. But how did you how would you assess how K-State's linebackers did without Daniel Green for the first time? I thought they played really well. Um, Desmond Purnell had a, had a great game again. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's another guy who's really – confirming what we've heard all offseason about how he's made a huge jump from from last year to this year and he I mean you know obviously the strip you know the, the strip um in the second quarter for the big fumble a uh, big turnover and and just made plays all game long um he just he seems to be kind of like Austin Moore and that he's always around the football and he's always making plays uh I, I thought Austin Romaine other than maybe that first drive where you could tell maybe he was just a little overwhelmed I thought he you know he showed some good things um, you know, missed fit on the long, you know, 48 yard run. And other than that, I thought he did some nice things. Uh, Jake Clifton looked really, really good out there. He, Jake Clifton is a really fast linebacker. He's a guy who can really cover some ground, um, and, and really excited about him, you know, potentially getting more snaps now in, 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 in Daniel Green's absence. And yeah, I mean, he missed a tackle on that screen play, um, that would have, you know, that would have forced a field goal on UCF second drive of the game after the interception, um, but just just him being out there and having bounced back so quick and also looking so fresh and and, and, and you know so healthy was was really really big um, and so just I, I think that linebacking core had a pretty pretty good football game despite a few mistakes. Talked about some of the explosive plays and big plays UCF did get in the game. Curry, one of the big talking points after the Missouri game was some missed assignments in the secondary, and obviously they get him with a trick play. Um, but outside of that trick play, I mean, the third and I think it was a third and 10 catch to Kobe Hudson that ended up being a 46 yard touchdown. Will Lee was, you know, maybe a half step behind. I mean, it wasn't it, it took a really good throw to to get him there. And I happened right in front of us. So uh, Will, I think Will Lee actually got pulled for a couple series after that. And Keenan Garber was in the game. But I, I, I thought the secondary played a pretty solid game. How would you assess? And I, I know that probably sounds weird because they threw for 264 on just 24 attempts and averaged 11 yards per pass. But I, I thought K-State's corners and secondary were decent and improved in this game. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, the trick play, again, I know I know we keep saying if not for this, then this. But, yeah. but in reality, I mean, if, if not for that trick play and then the big touchdown um, over, over Will Lee, that that minimal output from that offense and and 
and really the the throw that beat Will Lee to the to the south end zone was just it was it was a tremendous throw. Um, pretty pretty darn good coverage there. And I think you know one thing that we'll see Will Lee. I mean he's you know he's still a young guy. He's new to playing at this level. Um, he he does a really nice job of getting his head turned around and trying to find the football, which is not something that we're you know that we're accustomed to seeing from young corners. And he does that. And now he's just got to take that next step to going up and making plays on the football. And I think he's big enough and athletic enough that we'll see him start doing that. Um, and then he's not going to give up those big plays like maybe we saw against Troy and we saw on Saturday against UCF. Um, Keenan Garber made a really nice play uh, to break up a long pass that, 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 you know, that where he was, he got beat and, and managed to catch up and, and, and break the play up. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought, again, I thought it was a pretty good performance from our secondary, um, you know, just got, just have to have to cut out those mistakes and cut out those big plays. And I think we will. Yeah. I think now with the bye week you've got four games under your belt. These guys are getting to play together more and more. Um, you know, they'll, they'll get things cleaned up, film study, everything. And I, I think over the ensuing weeks, just the communication and some of those assignment areas will just continue to be, get cleaned up. Curry, the last thing I want to talk about with you is special teams. Unfortunately, that was probably the biggest negative in the game. They had multiple penalties on special teams. They allowed a 50-yard return. There was a missed extra point by Chris and a missed chip shot, 26-yard field goal as well. How concerned are you about K-State special teams right now? The the only thing I'm really concerned about is our kicking game, to be really honest with you. Um, I think we have uh, our, our coverage units are historically pretty darn good and our return units the same. And so I have a lot of confidence in those guys, especially because, you know, we have, you know, we have Phillip Brooks back there and we got to see Keegan Johnson get back there on Saturday and make some guys miss on his lone return. And so I think, you know, I, I think we're good with our returners. I think our coverage units will be fine. I think the bye week will be good for them to sort of, you know, to, to get, you know, to, to refocus on what they're doing there. Um, our, our kicking game it continues to be a concern for me, and I think it was a concern for a lot of people going into the year. Chris Tennant looked really, really good in the first three games, but I think, you know, and the same could be said for a lot of kickers, and, and you know, maybe you could say the same for a golfer, but one miss can really get in a guy's head, and, and I'm afraid that might have happened Saturday night, and it seemed like that's what happened last year. And I didn't get a chance to see his to, to, to really take a close look at his missed field goal. But from my perspective in the stands, I did think the laces were in on that, which may have impacted that kick. Um, and, and I think even then, though, you still got to make a 26-yarder, whether the laces are in or not. But the problem is then, you know, then things start to, you know, deteriorate. Then you have the missed extra point and you have the kickoff out of bounds. Um, and so, you know, a lot of concern there. Um, we, you know, Ty Zinner was big for us last year and obviously helped us win a Big 12 championship, but I don't think we can win another one unless we have a good kicking game. So that's something that I think we're going to have to shore up. And then, uh, you know, Jack Bloomer fortunately only punted one time Saturday night. It was a 69-yarder. And so hope to see more of those big, you know, big booming punts. Um, but so far through three, you know, through the first three games, you know, the, the punting um, has not been great. And so I think those those are really two, uh, you know, two key concerns for me. And I hope that Chris and Jack will, you know, will will, you know, find some success here over the next several weeks because we're going to need both of them in Big 12 play. The thing with Kennan is it, it just you look at through the years so far since he's been K-State's kicker, it's the shorter field goals. It's the shorter kicks that give him fits. He's now missed three extra points in the last two years. 
And he's, I think he's missed three or four kicks within 29 yards. So that 20 to 29 yard distance, he's now missed three or four kicks in his career at K-State. He's been solid on some of the longer ones. So uh, I also, Curry was a little worried about K-State's blocking on the edge on the extra points and kicks. Um, there were, I don't know if this was Tenet just delayed and getting the kickoff, like if the reaction was slow, but there were a couple guys coming off the edge completely untouched and you know, if the game wasn't in hand, I think UCF potentially could have blocked the kick. And there was also, I, I was nervous about his second field goal credit to him that he made it because it was after the missed 26 yarder. And then he makes a, it was a 30 something yard field goal that he makes to tie the game at 24. But I was nervous because his timing was off on that second one. He started to lean forward before the ball was snapped. And I'm, usually when you see that, you know, that throws the whole kicking situation off, but he was able to, to knock that one through. So Hopefully it doesn't become. I thought they were going to call a false start on him, to be honest with you. I mean, he took a a good half step forward, but yeah, credit to him for knocking that kick through. Yeah. No, I saw, I thought the same thing. Um, Well, hey, so uh, we'll end on this. It's a bye week for K State. What was a a typical bye week for you with uh, with Bill Snyder as the head coach? I imagine it might be a little different with Chris Kleiman, but I'm curious, did, did you guys focus more on getting healthy or was it just? Hard repetition. <laughs> That's what I figured. If, if people are watching on YouTube, Curry's like, no, no, it was not. Uh, it, was, it was uh bye weeks were no fun. I mean, it was it was, you know, you you go back to doing some good versus good, and I don't mean that in the literal sense, but you go but you go away from some of the scout team work and you go to playing against the number one defense or the number two defense and uh higher intensity, you know more more grueling type repetition and and yeah bye weeks under coach snyder were never fun um and so i and i think coach Kleinman treats his guys you know he treats them pretty well during the bye week and and i know some people are you know some people have mixed you know people have mixed feelings about the the early bye week i think you and i have talked about it and and uh i i don't know that it could have come in a better time and now obviously we don't know what remains to be seen with this season but we have a lot of guys banged up and i think you know, having now having, you know, another 10 days off here can, I think can really be big for this team because, you know, you, you get Will Howard back completely healthy. You get Christian Duffy back completely healthy. Hopefully you get Trayshawn Ward back healthy. Garrett Oakley hopefully is fully ready to go by next Friday. Hopefully Keegan Johnson takes that big leap that we've all been waiting for by next Friday. Um, Jake Clifton's going to be healthier come next, fr- come next Friday. And so you, you take all of that and obviously, you know, you're not getting Daniel Green back, but you take all of that, and, and, and I guess I should say R.J. Garcia as well. You hope you get R.J. Garcia back healthy. But this, the team that we put on the field next Friday against Oklahoma State could be the healthiest, you know, the healthy, healthiest that it's been all year. And I think that really could bode well for our success in the Big 12. Absolutely. I mean, if you just continue to name guys off, I mean, you could also even say it's a good time for D.J. Giddens to have a bye week. 38 touches and K-State I'm sure that played a part too they knew they could ride him a little bit more D.Y. made that point on our show that they probably would ride him more knowing they had a week off to rest him and he's a big physical guy who could withstand that so now he gets uh, for whatever bumps and bruises he has from that game he'll be fresh for Oklahoma State and what will be a big game and I mean this Big 12 looks more and more wide open aside from Texas obviously continuing to look dominant Oklahoma did not look sharp at Cincinnati on Saturday. 
Texas Tech loses Tyler Shuck, unfortunately, to a broken fibula at quarterback. They're now one and three overall. Who knows where the mentality of that football team goes? Because to me, that Tech game in Lubbock, you win at Oklahoma State and you can win at Tech and knock out two road wins. You're putting yourself in a really good position coming home with TCU and Houston to have a real shot to make a run at Arlington again. Absolutely. I mean, I think you're you're right. If you get through the next two road games with victories, you come home, you know, for two big home games, uh, TCU's down, Houston is way down, and then, you know, you start, and I know, you know, coaches aren't going to look ahead, so we probably shouldn't, but it's it's easy, it's easy to do so. But you start looking ahead to that matchup in Austin as being a, as, as being a significant game where the winner of that game probably, you know, etches their place in, you know, in Arlington is one of the two teams in Arlington. And so I think, uh, yeah, I think the schedule sets up nicely for us. We just got to stay healthy and keep improving and fix some of the mistakes that you and I have discussed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, we will. Uh, we are undecided if we'll have a show for you guys next week. There's no game to recap, obviously, this week. And uh, I don't know how in-depth we'll go on Oklahoma State next week, but we'll, we'll play that by ear. So stay on the lookout. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see if we put together a show, Curry and I, next week. But if not, we'll be right back talking about the Oklahoma State game the following week. We'll keep all of you posted. You can check Twitter. You can check, obviously, your podcast feed if we drop one. We'll keep you posted on our regular three-mile show as well. But Curry, thanks so much for jumping on again. Um, really enjoyed the conversation as always. And get on out, folks, to catsnil.com. Check out all the great things going on over there. Uh, for Curry Sexton, I'm Cole Manbeck and Nick Nick Springer behind the scenes producing this show once again. Thanks for listening to another episode of Three Mall Bonus Edition with Curry Sexton. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.